Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. She is, you know, you're precious. <laughs> it's really effing hard to be a mom. Your children are acting out. She wants to look like a bald man, so she just cuts it all on the top. And a little bit on the <laughs> side. Sometimes I'm confused when I look in the mirror and I don't see Claudia Schiffer because in my mind, she's right here, y'all. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, And we're gonna talk it uh, out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it. First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith, the sister. My first friend. Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend. My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend. Hi, I'm Kara, the high school friend. My good friend and Kara's sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from January 3rd to February 7th. It's Sarah's book cycle, which is mine. And the book we're reading is Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Picola Estes, PhD. Through storytelling, this book dives into the wild woman archetype and how it can be restored. If you'd like more information about Book Interrupted and our current book cycle, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Do you want to do instinctual mothering? Do you want to talk about that or no? (laughs) Sure, yeah. I have a lot of problems with that, so sure. So this should be uncomfortable for me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I feel that this book is really, like, in a word, is about instincts. And however you suppress them, ignore them, or Clarissa really wants us to use them, and for me, it comes up a lot. A lot of these stories have good life lessons. If you have a daughter, maybe if you have a son too, probably, but I'm just going to speak for myself on that. Like, I'm always like, when I read the stories, the messaging to like, just being nice, being good, sitting still, being clean, presentable, kind, like better seen than heard kind of vibes of maybe like a, that still kind of leak into our lives in 2020 that seems so outdated, but I know still leak into my life now and how I don't want that for my my daughter. Uh, I don't want her to ignore her instincts, especially around danger or male danger. And my own personal mothering instincts are, I'm like, oh, like, God, like, the mo- I question everything to the point of like insanity. I don't have natural instincts. I feel like I don't know where they are. I can't find them. And that's where this book gets me and 
bugs me and makes me ask questions is these stories like what where are my instincts because i'm so not that way in any other part of my life i know my answer and i'm so myself <laughs> yeah you are your instincts that is your instincts you care so much about your daughter and she is such your priority that you need to be so sure, which generates in you an uncertainty because you don't dare want to make a mistake with her. And that is pure mother instinct because, because you know what I mean? The standard is so high because it's, she is, you know, you're precious, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? No, and I absolutely wanted like, to Don't tell that. her that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but, so that's the instinct. It's very hard. It's very hard not to judge yourself, all of that, but you have it. It's just. It's flaring up a bit overload because you're picking up on maybe other people's perceptions of what your instinct should be. Yes. And perception, societal perception has not been something that has been uh, too huge for me. Like I, I'm a pretty confident person. Like sometimes I'm confused when I look in the mirror and I don't see Claudia Schiffer because in my mind, she's right here. Y'all. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. So like I have like a unbalance there in like a positive mindset about my own things and my own creative side and my own everything. So it's so unnerving. For the past four years of my life, I've been like, oh, like what, who, what is happening? Like, who is this person? So I wonder if what you're noticing, just like, again, to circulate back to like what Kim was saying, that like, it's not a matter of you not having the instincts. The instincts are there. I'm wondering if you're just noticing it's really effing hard to be a mom because the way our society has been constructed, it demands of you to squash what your instincts are saying or telling you. Well, the other thing too is like you have a daughter, you're trying to raise a strong woman. And again, in the lens of these gender roles, you're like, wait a minute, I need like, you're trying to do something that is practically impossible because all of society is kind of instructing it to be a different way ever so slightly and very subliminally from Barbie dolls to shampoo fucking bottles to, you know what I mean? Like take everything. Yeah. I think also it's, what makes it even more complicated is that, the children have their own instincts and children are very in tune with their instincts. And depending on how you were raised or the people raised you in your life, like, uh, you know, I had two parents, one that, one that allowed me to explore uh, my own identity and be who I was and one who wanted to control everything I did. And, uh, and trying to squash the instincts and squash the individuality to conform. So it's tough too, because I think a lot of parents are judged on if your kids do A, B, C, D, and E. And that part is about control. And, and conformity. If, if you're trying to raise a kid that's in tune with their wild side and with their, their selves, you actually have to uh, not control. You can't control people. All you can do is set a set your limits. These are the limits you have to be within, or these are my expectations, and then let them follow their instincts. And that's hard because uh, uh, that's when you get the harshest judgments from other people. Yeah, there's judgy Jennies everywhere. I was going to say, one of the things, one of the reasons I had to get off that crazy train and move somewhere else, like where I am right now, women are supportive of other women raising their children. Where in Canada, like I get that, like there's such high standards and everybody has an idea of what it should be, whatever their standard is. 
And if that parent next to you isn't doing it, then they're feeling, and there's a parent watching being like, you shouldn't do that with her. And you're just like, all of a sudden, your mother instinct is like, whoosh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. She seems like she knows what she's doing. I clearly don't or whatever, right? Because I felt like in Canada, I questioned and second guessed what I did with my kids more so than now that I've moved here. I feel way more confident here, but nobody's saying you're doing it wrong. Nobody says that. And if your children act out, your children are acting out. They're not like you're a bad parent. They're a person. Oh, that's so true. Whereas we would look, yeah, we would look at the parent doling out the advice and we'd see a perfect robot child and we'd go, oh, they must know what they're talking about. And really, no, maybe they're just great at like raising a child to conform and sit down and shut up. Right? Like, you don't know. Maybe the kid has high anxiety and they can't talk or move because they're like, you know, you don't know. Right. Like, yeah, they had a bad day or a bad sleep or a bad whatever. It's like they categorize that kid and it's okay for a child to be like an adult and have like a bad day. It's okay. They're a person. They're not a robot. Yeah. And the, ad the strangers are the worst because you're like, you don't know me or my kid. My oldest daughter got scolded by a stranger for cutting her own hair. But we've been letting her cut her hair for like a year. You know, she knows what she likes. She wants to look like a bald man. So she just cuts it all on the top and a little <laughs> bit on the side. I love her so much. But all the overcut, not the undercut, the overcut. I think this woman was embarrassed because she thought Elsa was a boy. And she's like, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And she's like, oh, and she's like, well, you think because I have short hair. And she's like, you cut your own hair, you naughty girl or something. She's like, I was like, it's her body. Elsa's like, it's my body. I can do what I want with that. But it's hard because we're told to teach her children to be a girl. That they're in charge of their own body and, they're, and all that stuff. But them are like, except... You have to look this way and dress this way and act this way and always look pretty. Say and this clean. way. Yeah, nice. And then you have all these people judging you. I don't know. And then we don't bring up and talk amongst ourselves that when we choose to do such things and listen to our intuition and our instinct and encourage that with those that we love, that we are, just as you said it, Mayor, I was like, I, I know what that woman's doing. You're making her uncomfortable because now she's having to look beneath the surface on a few things. And so basically what you're doing is when you say yes to instinct and intuition, you're also saying yes to a whole lot of people projecting their inner psychology onto you. Yeah. But that's that woman's thing. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me. But you're right. It feels so personal. Like as you were describing it, like it was just so clear. I was like, Mare, this isn't a you and Elsa thing. That's that stranger ladies thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. The other thing too, Leah, is for me, I just try to keep it really simple and say, you know, have I thought, thought this through and determined it's in the best interest of my child? And is he going to die? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. yes and no, then I'm going to be confident with whatever I've decided. And anybody else, yeah. I think you guys are, um, for sure, these are good points. Um, my, uh, I don't really succumb to outsider judgment yeah i can see that <laughs> I, I really am someone who always considers a source so in this case it's not outsiders that's the problem it's my internal unsuredness yeah questioning yourself because you don't want to fuck up yeah like if someone came up to me and said you're doing that wrong i'd be like it's just not be like i don't know uh, you i've just always been that way i don't care what other people think <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but i care that i don't know what i think 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Totally. Yeah, 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 I fe- yeah, yeah. I've felt like that as well before. But you got to go down with the, the baseline assessment. Like, are you meeting this and yeah, that? It's hard. I can't get there. Or I'm scared to get there or something. No, just examine what's important to you in terms of your daughter and try to simplify it. Like, I want her to feel free or whatever it is. You've, you'd have to determine for yourself. And then maybe having a little bit of criteria to, to put your ideas or your confusion against will help gain you a direction that's a good one kim yeah Yeah. but also remembering like look at look at where you are right now look at who you are so don't forget that you're totally competent even if you're faking it till you make it like your instincts are good so oh yeah you gotta fake it till you make it right right so you could like and also maybe it's okay maybe it's okay that you don't know maybe giving yourself that permission too could relieve the constant you know also giving myself permission that she is her own being which you guys touched on like that um it's not all nurture i'm putting a lot of of it on nurture and she just is her own being right and if it's based on protecting her maybe some importance to considering the fact that she needs to have negative experiences so that she can feel competent and independent too so maybe you don't know the right answer maybe it turns out you chose the wrong answer and then something negative happened supporting her through that is still raising a strong woman because she needs to know she has those skills when she is flowing out of the nest or whatever you want to whatever metaphor you want to use some of the biggest feelings i get as a parent i realize have has nothing to do with my children if i look deeper and we start thinking about that feeling and when it happened it has to do with my own past trauma and that just brings us back to the idea of rewilding after past trauma and that's probably what it's more about it has nothing to do with the kid no, it has nothing to do with her at all. Not nothing, but it's less about that. It's about something deep inside that maybe you haven't figured out yet. Yeah. So you just need to do a revisit. There's a well, incompletion no, loop. I don't have childhood memories because of my oh, your epilepsy. medical conditions. So that might be right. a problem. But maybe you can get some storytelling going in the family. Use what Estes says. I don't trust storytelling. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Kara. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you all the wonderful stories about love mashed potatoes and you would just keep shoveling them and you love them so much you wouldn't want to swallow. So you just, and we'd look over and you were the cutest thing, just filled with mashed potatoes for later. I'm filled with mashed potatoes today. I had them for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. Dealing with the ridiculous customer service model, I had to deal with an airline, which is probably one of the worst, maybe other than phone companies. I'm on hold for an hour, finally talk to someone. That person, the initial person that always answers the phone, can't actually help you at all. And by the end of it, you're infuriated and then have to threaten not using their service anymore. For me, I threatened not being a frequent flyer anymore. He then proceeded to transfer me to the department that can actually help me. Then you talk to someone that can actually help you. But by that time, you're so upset that when you're talking to the nice person, I I end up bawling my eyes out to her. And it's just, I just don't understand why we have to go through that kind of emotional abuse to get customer service from the products and services that we're using and supporting. I hate it and I wish it would change. Book interrupted.
If anybody can recommend a book that's focused for men, yes, yes. Like women who run with the wolves, we'd, be, we'd yes. love to hear about it. And if you're a male fan, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what'll be funny too is if we find because like, we'll find books that are like I can think of them right now. Like, uh, oh, what's that one? There's one, but it's so like ma- what's the word? Like, it's so toxic masculinity. Ooh. But it's. Like, it literally is, like, the woman who wears wolves for men, but it's teaching them how to just be more man, you know, as by society's definition. I want to read that. Oh, yeah. So, like anyways, maybe we, can, maybe we can find a sensitive one. It's, like, further domesticating them into, like, yes. Yes. Rabid wolf. That's what type. you'll find. I mean, I'm, I I will be surpre- pleasantly surprised if we find something that actually fits the mission we're assigning. But I bet you on pawn exploration, we will discover a bunch of reinforcement of the stereotype. I think like a lot of stuff coming up like on some podcasts I listen to about breaking down patriarchy for the wealth, uh, for the wealth, for the health and well-being of women and men. Like in, you know, raising kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a patriarchy and how to... I think it's like a hot topic for Brene Brown now, wanting to look at male vulnerability, because she didn't include that in her research previously. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. I really like how it talks about the stories and breaks them down. I started reading Brothers Grimm and Anderson fairy tales recently to my kids. Uh, Those are pretty crazy. But I'm looking at them in a whole different light, which is very interesting. The book's good. I'm not um, running to my room at night gagging to read it. It's not It's not that kind of story for me. Every time I read another short story, I, I, I really dig it. I really, really enjoyed the short story parts. Probably that says more about what kind of books I like than the more kind of analytical, breaking it down and... Uh, psychology of the stories that probably says more speaks more to me in another uh, thing that I'm reading from one of the classes that I'm taking and it was talking about how myths are really good teaching tools because the story itself encompasses like lessons that are um, not easily captured by words and I feel like that is a good description to apply to this book or what I don't like about it is that this woman is attempting with words way too many words to capture the meanings of these myths so she's not giving us the opportunity to absorb that information like in our souls she's forcing it to come in like cognitively on this like really shallow level we noticing how it's like there is an understanding and then there is another form of understanding so i guess what i'm noticing is i'm really getting enraptured in this rhythm that clarissa is starting to beat out in the book of noticing that without language my I guess we'll call it my soul or my spirit is getting it. The symbolisms, the metaphors, my body is also getting it, but then it's a real delay because then in each chapter, after you read the story, then we get into kind of like the mind food where the mind then catches up with the body and the spirit, with the understanding. 
So the Laloba story, I found it really interesting, the idea of naming her. I think she said something to the effect of that naming her will give her power and she's inside of you. And I think that that's great to name that wild woman. Often when we name things, that gives them that power to be real. And so I really liked that. I really also enjoyed the idea of standing on women's shoulders that come before us, the idea of supporting each other up and that we will eventually support up next generation. I find that really, really uh, a great idea to respect our ancestors and to be able to pass that forward. As for the Bluebeard story, I got hardly anything from it. I wrote in my journal something to the effect of, please, I really want to find some me- something meaningful in this. So I'm just going to skip that story altogether. The little doll in the pocket kind of like the Cinderella story. And this story, the first time I read the book and the second time, but the first time I read the book was really profound for me. It was like when I read Eckhart Tolle's The New Earth and Eckhart Tolle talks about ego, but he also talks about pain body. And it was something I never really encountered before that book and realized that I had a lot of negative talk constantly. I even named my pain body Sally. So anytime I would do that negative talk, I could bring consciousness And it was easier for me to be like, shut up, Sally, which is kind of silly. But this book made me realize two stepsisters and the stepmother were kind of like your ego, your pain body. And the third one I realized, which was profound for me, was your victim. At the time that I read the book the first time, I even named the victim as well. Just so when I did it, I catch myself doing it. Sometimes I visualize if I I'm very upset and I can see I'm going into that pattern again. I like envision the step family and how I'm like shutting them into the ashes, just like they do in the book. So I really connected with that story. And go on to the Vasilisa story, the doll in the pocket. I really found that pretty powerful. The idea of feeding your intuition, feeding that doll. I found that was one of more of the stories that really went from the myth into the analysis and made a lot more sense to me than just having a myth and trying to take stuff from it that didn't really fall and like really stretching that idea. So that I liked that. So I made a commitment to try it like Sarah said, maybe just read the stories and um what else or or no 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 did she say that or just try picking what i and and open anyways long story short i was gonna try to read the ugly duckling i have not picked that book up again i couldn't be less motivated the ugly duckling was uh, a beautiful beautiful moment i didn't realize that there was still healing within myself that needed to occur around the notion of never feeling like you fit in, about feeling like an outsider, about trying to make it work when everything within you is recognizing this is not your place. There were stories about the red shoes, which reminded me of different individuals in my life. That one struck pretty close to home because I have found in growing up that a safe place for me is in my mind. But There needs to be a balancing act within that because I can be too prone to overthinking and living in non-reality. And the red shoes just exemplifies the pain that can occur from not living in reality. I just read a short story called The Skeleton Woman, which is pretty good. It kind of met me really where I am right now. I'm. uh, It's about um, the life-death life cycle or death-life-death cycle whatever. It's a cycle. (laughs) Um, uh, Nature of everything. That it's not just, you know, live, die, good, bad, 
that there's a rhythm and a cycle to everything, uh, especially love relationships, which is really kind of where my head's at this week. I'm headed away, romantic weekend getaway, you know, with the old husband, which is kind of exactly what we need because we're just, (laughs) we're in a death cycle. (laughs) No, but we just need to get out of our house and like hang out with each other. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, hopefully we'll have a life cycle, maybe not a making life cycle, (laughs) but just like a, just a good being a couple. I've read the story about the skeleton woman and I quite liked it. I thought um, I liked the story and I liked the other little stories in it. And I liked some of what she took from it about love and relationships, but I just felt like there was just too much. It was just stretched too much. And I, I can't, it, it just loses me. And I end up just skimming pages because that's, you know, I don't know, because I'm trying to get to the point. And then I missed the point, I think, at the, at the time. And then the story that just topped it all off that absolutely uh, moved me to shakily dial Sarah's phone number I was the skeleton woman. And the skeleton story came at a time when I was witnessing my husband getting really stressed out from what COVID meant for his business, how he sees himself as a provider Uh, the one who has to take on all financial responsibility and just how that squeezing has been taking place in him to try to reevaluate how is he going to run his business. And it's been so hard on him. And there's inevitably been a lot of ripple effects. And the skeleton woman story really invited me to have a hard look at the dynamics of my own marital relationship, which is a beautiful thing. I have an incredible partner. But like everyone else, there's no partnership that's absolutely perfect. And, oh man, I found myself after reading that story, just calling up Sarah and wondering everything about myself. Like, am I worthy of unraveling? I don't even know if I find myself worthy enough to unravel and untangle, let alone having this unexpressed expectation that a partner would want to put in the time to help get to know me. That was a real uncomfortable experience, not to sugarcoat it. So thank you to Sarah for being there when I called out and needed to be reminded that I was worthy of love because I got some great lessons out of that and through being able to work through uh, what some of Clarissa's stories brought up. And I am in a much better place. I wanted to talk about seal skin, soul skin. It's a great story. It's one of my favorite in, in the book. And it's about a woman how the seal skin is like her soul. And there is a lonely man who steals her skin while she's dancing freely. And it's just about how you shouldn't let like ego-led impulses, you know, don't sell your soul, basically. Um, I really like the story. I also like the sub story within it about a tailor that cut a really good suit, but there was like problems with it. And he said, you know, maneuver yourself. It's feeling joy and bliss and a full life. So I really like that because it helps, I don't think just women, but men as well, really think, ponder, what what do you want this life to be for you? And do that. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if you look messy or not put together. You know, a lot of times the messy things in life are the best memories. And the Manawi story, the dog, and was probably the thing that that really connected with me the most. I am so the 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 dog that gets just that's trying to make a task and gets distracted by every other thing and needs to go and have the bone and the food and the this and the that and 
you know, I'm always starting a hundred creative projects and I'm never finishing any of those creative projects. So maybe I'd like to go back and reread that, maybe take something more from that of the idea of how to actually finish a creative project. I don't know. Um, I love starting them though. So the truth is, whether it's me or whether it's the book, I'm just not feeling reading right now. I can't get enough sleep. There is not enough sleep in the world. So I'm going to bed so early as soon as we get the kiddo down, sleeping as much as humanly possible, like 10 hours if I can. A sentence and I'm just out. I'm not blaming the book. The book is fine. It's not lighting a fire under my ass, but it's fine. I have nothing to say. And if I'm not in a conversation with the group or any group, really, it's like, I find this really excruciating. These personal journals, I'm hoping that I will get better at it and have something interesting to say about the book. Because I'm just like the worst book reviewer, as it turns out. Maybe just this book. I don't know. For her audiobook, the same name. And I can't get through that either. It's only a couple hours, but I found it really hard to concentrate on her voice. You can really tell that she is a therapist with her voice. She sounds like a therapist from like a movie or something. And while some people might find that voice very soothing, I find it very hard to concentrate on when I'm trying to digest content from the book. So I'll try again. It's like, okay, so here's the thing. I admitted before I'm reading ahead. So I'm reading another book that I won't say, but it's super awesome. And it's my favorite book so far. And I love it. And it's my new Bible, but that's what I'm saying. However, one more thing is that it kind of is saying the same thing that this book is saying, but way better. Hold on to your hats, readers. <laughs> it's a great read, but holy cow, it's like personal growth and development 101. That's for darn sure. So good luck to all of you in your journeys and keep reading. I'd like to finish with just a little quote from the Vasilisa story about um, about choosing your friends and your lovers wisely. Uh, this is just a little nod to Sarah to thank her for uh, getting this amazing group of women together and hopefully an amazing group of listeners as well. So this says that uh, the quote is, lovers and friends who support the creatura in you, these are the people you are looking for. So thank you, Sarah, for bringing me the people that I am looking for. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. They kill it until it's dead. She beats it over the head and I'm like, yes, yeah, I agree, totally. The general wolf rules for life. And I kind of oh. like them. Oh! Maybe that's why Kara loves being naked so much. Yeah, because yeah. clothes yeah. offend her. Of course, no. you think it's the best one. Oh, it is. I was like, I was like, this story is about me. No. If anyone's seen adolescent pictures of Kara, you'll know why. <laughs> like it was, you know, one of those cries when you can't even get like you're just like, and like it was one of those. Like it was hardcore. Just give me the facts and tell me how to do it. I need emotional intelligence now. Right. No one knows like that dating is essentially an exercise in understanding what you don't want. All yeah. 40 of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Book interrupted.